Welcome to my MACD life, empowered by the Support Sight Foundation. This podcast is about macular degeneration and the devastating impact it has on millions of people and their families every single day, 365 days a year. Our mission is simple, to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. So tune in, buckle up, and put your listening ears on. My Maxi Life, the podcast you're listening to and tuning into right now, is empowered by the Support Site Foundation. We are a voice you can trust. My Maxi Life is the first podcast series about how to live your best life with macular degeneration. My MACD Life podcast is generously supported by Regeneron. My name is Dawn Prawl. I'm the creator of My MACD Life podcast and the founder and executive director of the Support Site Foundation. Today's special guest is Cassidy Collins. Cassidy Collins is a young, bright, incredible human being. She's a shining star. Her entire life has been as a caregiver to her father, who is visually impaired. Her father, Charlie, has star guards, which, by the way, is juvenile macular degeneration. Cassidy grew up not really even thinking about what it's like to live with a visually impaired parent because she didn't know the difference. It's just who she is. Please tune in to this episode and hear her story. We hope you enjoy. Well, Cassidy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to hear about your experience. Let's start maybe with when you first became aware of macular degeneration. Obviously, I was born into it because my father has macular degeneration. I think around age 10, third, fourth, fifth grade was when I started to realize, okay, dad can't see that well. My mom always kind of integrated it, you know, dad can't see this. Can you help him? Read it to him. And then as I got older, I started understanding it more clearly. And at what point did you begin to transition into caregiving or helping out more actively? I would say it started when I was pretty young. I think like second or third grade, on my very first trip I took with him in third grade, we went to um, Denver, Colorado, and he taught me how to ski. Because his brother, who is also legally blind and has macular degeneration, he was a ski instructor at one of the best mountains in Colorado. And he went off skiing with my cousins and my uncle taught me how to ski. And it's just, it's crazy how this guy who has macular degeneration is out skiing with my cousins and his brother who also has macular is teaching me how to ski. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It, It was crazy, but it was also, you know, going into the airport for the first time with him and, you know, 
reading things to him that he needs to see or, you know, helping him find something. I think that's third grade, definitely. And that trip was the first time I was like, okay, I, I need to, you know, step in and start helping. Were you aware at such a young age that, that not everyone helped out their parents in the same way? Or is that something you came to learn? That was something that I came to learn when I was younger, because obviously I was the only child in my whole school that had a father who was legally blind. Mm. So when I talked to my friends about it, they, they didn't have the same interactions with their parents as I did. And is it, is it just you or do you have siblings as well? I have a sister. She is two years younger than me. So I was more aware of it because I was, you know, two years older than her, but I helped, you know, teach her how to help dad with things. And once you got older and started, you know, being more active in school, once you're in high school and college, how how did this sort of influence your life as a college student, as a young person going through the world? My dad opened a business in 1999, I think. It was called Vision Dynamics, um, and he sold products to help people like him who are legally blind or completely blind. So I grew up going there all the time and not only helping him, but helping other blind people. And then I remember... In high school, he sold the business and he went to work for a few other companies still in the same business. He worked for Vispero and then he went to work for LVI, a company based in Sweden. They all sell products to help um, legally blind and blind people. And the LVI wanted to um, kind of expand to the United States. So he ran the United States division of LVI. He was the chief marketing sales director. Um, And I think throughout that whole journey, it just proves how independent and how, you know, someone who is legally blind and has macular degeneration, nothing stops them. My MACD Life podcast is brought to you in part by Centric Bank, Healthy Vision Association, Hinkle Stein and Associates, Navaris, Regeneron, Visparo, and from anonymous donors. That definitely sounds like your dad's a very proactive person. He is extremely proactive. He does not let, you want to call it a handicap in a way stop him whatsoever. And not only that, he also then finds ways to help others. Exactly. Yes. Uh, that, that must have been tremendously influential in you and your sister, I imagine. It was, yes. Well, it still is to this day. But I remember in high school, I started going on trips with him and he would go and speak at these events. Because he um, he wrote a book called Tripping into the Light. And it's kind of his journey growing up with 
this eye disease and how he has made it in life. It's a truly inspirational and motivational story. And Don had actually connected with him and asked him to go and speak at the certain events she was having. So I would go with him. Our last one was in Cape Cod when I was in high school. Uh, We drove up there and I helped, you know, run the events and check the people in and take pictures and talk to people. And it was truly a great experience. And how old were you when, when this happened? I think I was 16 or 17. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Talk about a great experience. So young. That's really good. Also, I love the title, by the way, Tripping into the Sun. That needs to be a movie. It it sounds to me like that has to be. (laughs) It should be. His whole story, it could be a movie. Yeah. (laughs) I love the title. That's really great. Does he use any sort of assistive technology or software? He does. I'm not sure of the exact name of the program he uses on his computer, but it blows up the text so he can read it. Um, And he also has a CCTV where he puts things under and it can either read it to him or it magnifies it and he can read it himself. But with macular degeneration, he doesn't have um, central vision. So he has peripheral vision. But when he's reading, he reads out of the side of his eye. And he talks to you out of the side of his eye because that's how he can see. And he has kind of um, found a way to talk to people without, you know, making it look like he is completely looking out of the side of his eye. Right. He's talking to you normal, having a conversation. He's trained his eyes to look straight at you. That's really fascinating. Anyone who has been in a caregiver role to to a parent, right? And it, and it's always an interesting transition. You have started at a much earlier age because of, of your father's vision. Is there anything that you learned throughout that you know now that you wish or would like to share with people that are starting on the caregiving path? I would say one of the number one things is to have patience with them because my dad does get frustrated just like his siblings do when they they can't figure out how where the screw goes or they can't read this tiny little print or they're in the grocery store and they're looking for something specific and they can't find it but what i think with my dad is he has a tendency to be independent. He wants to be independent. So when you try to help him do something, sometimes he gets frustrated because he wants to do it on his own. Right. So number one thing is having patience. Okay, let him try and do it first, then step in and help. Accessibility is such a big thing too. And something that, and I'm going to include myself here because I I was a caregiver to my dad um, later in life. And I remember navigating the world differently. You start to notice things, right? And and one of my pet peeves was how dark some restaurants are. (laughs) 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The lighting is key. My house back home, we have the brightest LED lights because for the type of um, eye disease that he has, more light is better. Our, I go to hotels because he, he used to travel for his job, for his old job. And I go to hotel. He used to complain about the lighting in the hotel. So now when I go to hotels, I'm like, oh, this lighting isn't too nice in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> or when I'm at a new restaurant or whatever, and, you know, we're walking upstairs. The stairs, if it's one color, it blends into him. So he has to feel with his foot where the next step is. And he doesn't, he doesn't look down and look, he does it by the feeling of his foot. And so I notice, hmm, I, I wonder what my dad would do if he was here. They are not accessible to a legally blind person. And just so many different simple things that I think some of us take for granted, you know, like going to a movie, for example. And I remember my dad needing to go to the restroom in the middle of the movie. And my dad had vision problems, not macular degeneration, but, (laughs) and the nerves, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. My MACD Life podcast is a national award winner of the STEP program for innovative macular degeneration, patient education, and for demonstrating a commitment to addressing the daily needs of people with age-related macular degeneration. How proactive do you feel that someone like in your father's position and then also yourself as a caregiver um, needs to be, again, when navigating some of these day-to-day, did you find it easier because you had your dad's example when you started out young helping him out? Or or what is your personality like compared to your dad's in terms of approaching this, having to sort of speak up sometimes? I would say now that I'm older, I'm more used to it. It's just kind of my nature now. Back then it was tougher. And he, comparing to his other his siblings, he is very open that he has macular degeneration. His other siblings sometimes don't, they want to be independent and they don't want to say anything mm. to someone, let them know that they're struggling. But my dad has accepted his eye disease and he lives with it. So I think learning from him also that he speaks up, oh, you know, this would this would be nice if you had a better lighting, make it accessible for someone who has macular degeneration or any sort of eye disease. And then we hope that they will listen, right? <laughs> and make <Yeah>. note. <laughs> In terms of representation. Because it's such a big thing. We have become a society where, especially during this pandemic, where so much of our time is spent consuming content online, on television, on our phones. And a lot of that escapism has come through storytelling, which which has such a valuable role. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that often comes up is just the need for representation, of everything, right? Every kind of diversity. Does he enjoy watching a show and watching a movie as well? Or does he tend more to different types of um, entertainment? He loves to watch his Netflix shows. 
action shows. He loves it, but he has to be a few inches away from the screen to see it. But I would say that's at night. Mm. During the day, he is constantly on YouTube. Oh, How to do this, how to do that, how to better myself in this way. He is a machine with learning and learning and reading books. He reads a ton of books. Well, he, he doesn't actually read them. The, the person reads it too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's really into motivational, um, inspirational books and very into health and wellness. He studies the brain and... He uh, studies a lot about nutrition. And since he's an author himself, has has he recorded his own book? Yes, he actually has. Um, someone that he knows did it for him. Um, so yes, there is an audio version of his book. <laughs> that's exciting. I'm going to look that up. I'm a, I'm a huge Audible fan. <laughs> so that's great. Oh, yes. You know, and it's interesting. I'm also remembering the opposite side of this because we've been talking about the importance of being helpful. I remember some of the the students that I worked with at the School for the Blind saying how difficult and awful it is when people are too helpful. Yes. (sighs) Yes. Sometimes my sister and I have been too helpful. So I have also learned to you know, take a step back. And if I see him, you know, doing a project around the house or something, okay, let him figure it out first. And then if he needs help, he'll come ask. So I have before, I don't want to say overstepped, but um, I have said, okay, let me help with this. And he's like, no, I can do it on my own. I'm good. Most of the time he does do it on his own. But if it comes down to like, oh, can you read me the directions on how to do this around the house? Sure. Right. right. Uh, that's good. This probably doesn't happen to your dad because he's so independent. And like you said, people can't tell at first sight, right? I knew students who do uh, navigate the world with a cane. And they told me stories of like strangers picking them up. And carrying them across like a, a, a crosswalk, being helpful. But they're like, I don't know if I'm getting kidnapped. You know, like strange people are picking me up or, or someone grabbing you, you know, without getting consent. Like to me, I don't understand that at all. Like why you wouldn't address the person first. You think in the moment. <laughs> I would be scared if I were them too. <laughs> He was very scared. He, he legitimately thought he was, he said it was two guys that just picked him up. He, he's this little guy and they one from each side. He's like, they were being helpful, but I was terrified. I was terrified. Wow. I'm like, yes, I, as anyone would be, I think. <laughs> yeah. So there's different degrees then in terms of macular degeneration. So he has um, Stargardt's juvenile macular degeneration. It is hereditary. So around the age eight or nine, I want to say, he started to notice um, he couldn't see the chalkboard Mm. or he couldn't, you know, see the test that he was taking. It was getting really hard for him. And 
his other siblings were noticing the same thing because two of them are older and then it's him and his younger sister has it as well. So my um, grandmother took them to uh, Mass Ioneer. It's a hospital in Massachusetts. And they did test after test after test on the kids because they had no idea what it was. And then they finally got to the point at the end of the testing and they, the doctor had said, your four kids have Stargardt's juvenile macular degeneration. They have, there's two types, dry um, and wet macular. So they have dry, so they won't go all the way blind, but their eyesight gets worse and worse every year. When he was 20, his, his sight was a lot better than what it is now. We can kind of tell. Because he gets more and more frustrated um, with his eyesight. But at the end of their testing, the doctor had given my grandmother this list. And it was everything the kids can and can't do. You can't ski. You can't snowboard. They can't do this. They can't. My grandmother crinkled up that piece of paper and threw it in the trash on her way out. She said, no way. These kids are going to do whatever they want. And that's how she raised them. Yep. She, she did not let this eye disease, you know, hold any of them back. On a completely different note, I'm just curious. This is just my personal curiosity for you. <laughs> what's the dream? You, you went through entrepreneurial training. You know, you're at this great resort, but like, what's the, what's the goal? What's the dream? I think eventually I do want to start my own business and work for myself. I'm not sure what exactly yet, but I would also love to work with my dad. Right. He is, yes, he gets annoying sometimes, but <laughs> all dads do. All dads. <laughs> all dads do. <laughs> but he is he's great to work with. Mm-hmm. He is awesome because he's he's got so much knowledge on every topic of business. He's amazing. So I think once he gets the Thriving Blind Academy, you know, up and running. Um, we'll either, you know, start something together or I'll work with him on whatever he needs. <laughs> yeah. Or or you can start something like you said of your own where one branch of it involves you collaborating with your dad. So Exactly. <laughs> another another part of my job down here is he doesn't even tell me to do this, but everywhere I go, if I'm out at a restaurant or I'm at work meeting the new members or, you know, I meet new people when I'm out. I am always talking about him. Always, 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 because I love to share his story because of how proud I am. I give to the Support Site Foundation because I just found out that my mom has back tea and I want to be a part of the cure. My MACD life is important to my mom and I, and we share the stories from my MACD life with each other. 
all the time. I want to play any role that I can to help my mom and to help the people who have MACD. The Support Site Foundation is a 501c3 public charity. We rely on donations from people just like you. Any gift, large or small, it all adds up. It fuels our mission. Thank you for your money. So let me ask you this, something else that that, uh, a lot of people will relate to. Of course, we've all heard the saying, laughter is the best medicine. What are some moments that you and your dad have had in in your experience (laughs) that are just fun anecdotes that you like to to remember and, and share? As I've said, he is extremely independent and has accepted his eye disease. So when he trips over something or he doesn't read read it correctly, we laugh it off. We laugh it off like no other. And he does not care. When I'm talking to my friends or a family friend or someone about him, and they say, oh, you, well, you don't want your dad to see that. And I say something like, well, he can't see it anyways. They say, oh, that's, why would you say that, Cassidy? And I said, it's okay. He has, he laughs about it too. He wants us to laugh about it. But I would say um, he is not a normal person with macular degeneration. Um, One of our experiences, we Because he can't drive, he has never had a driver's license. He has always wanted to drive. So he lets uh, my my mother, he lets, she drives. So he picks out all the cars that she drives. And they all have nice engines, very loud cars. They're fast. They're sporty. And... I remember one snowstorm, we had a Dodge Ram truck, and he wanted to do donuts in the truck. So we took the truck down to a local parking lot. It was less than a mile away from my house, and he got in the truck, and he did donuts. It was unbelievable. And he, he was driving? He was driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was dark out. It was just me, my sister, and him. And it was just a small little parking lot. And he took the car in the snowstorm, and he did donuts. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's it is. And that's why when I show people that video, they're like, your dad has macular degeneration? Yes, he does. Wait, wait, there's a video. Yeah. There's a video. Where can we see this video? This is great. I I have many videos. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. The more I the more I hear about your dad, it definitely sounds like he should have his own account. I feel like he would have a lot to share. Oh <laughs> yeah. Folks. Is that something he's considered? Social media as a Yes. Um, He has started um, a new company. It's a nonprofit organization called the Thriving Blind Academy. Um, And he's been teaching 
people like you and me and whoever else wants to join in and on the podcast, how to, you know, live, kind of live with people with macular, um, but also he's teaching success principles and teaching people that this eye disease, it shouldn't hold you back and you can be successful in anything you want to do. That's really great. So in your job, have you started to notice how some of your experience working with your dad and being around, you know, your your family dynamic has informed how you now function as a professional? I would say my experiences with my dad has had an impact on my professional life um, and how I treat people um, and deal with people. I think that it has made, helped me be more patient, not just with people who have an eye disease, with anyone, just a normal person that walks in. I would say that's probably the number one thing is patience. And I, I would imagine there's also uh, an aspect of you, you grew up knowing to always pay attention to other people. And I don't, you've probably noticed this by now. There's so many people around us that just, that seems to not be the case. <laughs> yes. It's more in my sister and I, it's just in our nature to, oh, step in when someone needs help with something. Like with when my uncle comes to visit back, he lives in Colorado. So when he comes to visit, oh, hey, Uncle George, do you need a ride somewhere? Yes, I do. That'd be great. Or he's trying to read something on his phone. Just take the phone and let me read it for you. I think it's just in our nature to step in when someone needs help. That's really great. Well, Cassidy, is there anything else that, that you would like to share with an audience that that is interested in all things macular degeneration and knowing that some are caregivers and some have macular degeneration themselves? I think I would say if you are a caregiver, patience, supportive, attentive, and to just be there for them. But I would also say someone who does have macular degeneration, I want my dad to be an example to these people so he can prove, which he has and is still continuing to do, don't let this eye disease hold you back. You can be successful. He is a successful author, business owner, and he's happy. And I want him to be an example to people that are either, you know, taking care of someone with it or people that do have it. Don't stop. Keep going. Even people who don't have macular degeneration is such a valuable, valuable message. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your experience. <laughs> of course, he is an inspiration to me every single day. If I need to call someone and have them lift up my spirits, it is him. And he is an inspiration to every single person I know. When they hear about him, they are just in awe and shocked and are like, wow.
This is our very special segment that we bring to you, Product Spotlight. And Product Spotlight is sponsored by our wonderful friends at Vespero. Again, I want to thank the uh, Support Site uh, Foundation and the My Mac D Life podcast folks for allowing Vespero, uh, myself, Bill Kilroy, the Northeast Sales Director, and Mike Wood, our uh, Strategic Sales Manager for Education, to share some information on our on our products. And today, I, uh, unfortunately, Mike can't join us in this session, uh, will be sharing some information on our Freedom Scientific Topaz line of desktop video magnifiers. So I'm a little bit excited uh, uh, about this because it's sort of a back-to-a-basics type of device for many users and can not only be used by obviously users in their home and and users in schools and and, and things of that nature, but it's a great device to be able to have out there in the community, uh, whether it's at a town hall, a library, or some other place of public accommodation. What is it? Uh, A desktop video magnifier is a, think of it as a larger device that is stationary, sits on your, sits on a desk primarily. And it is a video magnification system that includes a a camera monitor and what we call an XY table so that somebody could put down a piece of print material, a newspaper, a book, a document or a form that they need to sign. And they can look at that in front of them and move that information around the table uh, and magnify it anywhere from just under two times magnification to many of the models go over 60 plus in, 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 uh, in magnification level. And the Topaz is, is a great device and it's unique in a way because of the way in which we have our control panel laid out. So the control panel on the Topaz sits at the very base of of the monitor. And think of the monitor as um, something that's floating on an arm on this unit. You can raise or lower it depending upon your height. Actually, you could actually stand at this unit if you wanted to. And it can swing left or right. So we've seen people that have done presentations where they have their notes on the XY table. The image of those notes is magnified, yet they're standing left or right of the monitor, just looking at the monitor, and will glance over occasionally as they're addressing their audience and doing the presentation to their magnified set of notes. So it's a great device for what I call long-term reading. Because these devices have a bigger field, i.e. bigger monitor, they can magnify, obviously, more information on a page at a time so that there's less mental processing to put the characters into words, the words into sentences, the sentences into paragraphs. And you can you know, go on these devices for longer periods of time than, let's say, a um, handheld magnifier where the field might be five inches. So the Topaz, you know, comes in, the monitor sizes come in anywhere from 20, 22, or 24 inches. And these are HD cameras, high-definition cameras, so you get a nice, clear, sharp image. I sort of moved on from the from the uh, control panel a little bit, but it's a color-coded control panel. And so you have uh, separate colors for each control, magnification, video enhancement mode for changing the contrast. So you can look at this in color, but I can look at it as high contrast, white on black, black on white. There's 30 plus magnif- uh, color combinations that you can utilize and brightness control. 
So very easy to use, very useful in the sense that, you know, you can do so many different things on it from reading a novel, reading, um, I think Mike mentioned earlier with some of our, our handheld devices, you know, reading a recipe, uh, looking at your bills, um, writing at this device, fill out a form, uh, write a check, you know, make notes, et cetera. If you're a student in, in class, it's a great universal device for that type of, for those types of activities. So whether it's at home, on the job, or in school, we see these types of devices everywhere. And, you know, whether it's a, a topaz, you know, magnification only uh, in 20, 22, or 24 inch, or our uh, topaz OCR, which in addition to giving you a live camera view, can also scan and read the document that you're looking at. So it's a great device for, you know, dual modality and extends your uh, usage of that device. You can literally be reading a document and I'm reading a chapter in a book and I get to page 25 and I'm, you know, I'm burnt out. So what do I want to do? Well, I want to keep being productive. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start scanning pages and I'm going to sit back and listen to what's being read in this chapter and absorb it that way. And so it's a, you know, the Topaz OCR is, is, a, is a great choice to have and goes above and beyond with the OCR capability for in addition to magnification. So that that is sort of a brief summary of the Topaz desktop video magnifier from Freedom Scientific. Again, we're a company that has multiple brands. So our other uh, two low vision organizations, Enhanced Vision has the Merlin line of desktop video magnifiers, and our Optelec division has the Clearview line of desktop video magnifications. So whether you want to learn about the more about the Topaz or the Merlin or the Optelec, you know, there's two ways uh, to really get in touch with us. Uh, go online and you will type in www.vispero.com or call our toll-free number at 1-800-444-4443 and speak to one of our customer service representatives. As Mike and I have alluded to, you can tell them what you're interested in. They can guide you through um, some of the products and they can connect you with a local resource that can help you in, in, your, in your home or schedule an appointment to potentially come into their showroom and learn more about these products and, and, and test them, te test drive one for yourself. So thank you very much. Again, I want to say thank you to the Support Site Foundation and the MyMacD Life podcast for having Mike and I on and have yourself a great day. Thanks for being with us on My Mac D Life, the podcast with a vision to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. For more information and many great, incredible resources, visit MyMacDLife.org. This program is supported by amazing listeners like you. Please consider a donation to keep our mission moving forward. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep living with hope. My MACD Life podcast is generously supported by Regeneron.